Welcome to Business Talk Sister Doc. I'm Becca. And I'm Ruthie. And today's episode title is What Makes a Successful Mentorship? Today with us, we have Linda Goodwin. She spent the majority of her career at Wells Fargo. She was a senior vice president and manager in the corporate treasury management business line. After 31 years, she retired to pursue volunteer opportunities and to serve in ways that had a meaningful impact. Linda launched the Bethel Biz Mentorship Program at Bethel University in 2013 and serves as the director of the program. Linda also serves on the Bethel Board of Trustees and the Bethel's Foundation Board of Governors. In addition, she is active at her church, Eaglebrook, as a women's small group leader, a kids ministry volunteer, and she serves on Eaglebrook's board. She has three sons, all married and two grandchildren ages 22 and or sorry eight no that was wrong <laughs> ages two and 22 months <laughs> I was gonna say well that's a big stretch and she <laughs> adores spending lots of time with them thank you so much for being here with us today thank you for having me I'm really excited to talk about mentorship because it is something I'm very passionate about yeah, and, and for context for everyone else, um, I actually met Linda quite a few years ago when she actually interviewed me for the Bethel Biz program. So met her after she was already in her volunteering stage of life. And um, that was just such a, a pleasure to get to know you in that. And so our first question for you is, how would you define mentorship? Sure. Great question. You know, um, when people think about mentorship, I mean, it really is broad. I mean, it can be formal, informal, short-term, long-term, or it can have, you know, a really specific focus, like a career focus or a spiritual focus, um, or maybe like a mentor for figuring out how to launch a business. Um, But generally, if you think about mentorship, it is a mutually beneficial relationship between two people where a senior or more experienced individual invests time, shares their experiences, their expertise with another more junior individual for purposes of learning and development. Okay, so what impact does mentorship have on those individuals like you were talking about with the two people that are mutually benefited? Sure. You know, when I launched the mentorship program, one of the things I did was I I looked at the research because I wanted to be able to articulate to the students at Bethel, as well as our mentors that we recruited, like what is the benefit of, of mentorship and what is the impact that it can have? And the research showed that the mentees report a higher level of confidence, greater achievement, and an increased commitment to learning and growing. And they carry that on through, you know, not just the the time of mentorship, but throughout their their life. Um, Mentors, they report the impact of, gosh, they get new insights by, you know, hearing and and spending time with those who are younger than them. Um, And they develop relationships and and sometimes get challenged with some of their own beliefs. Um, And they get a lot of just personal satisfaction about, you know, when they can help someone reach their own potential. But I thought it would be interesting um, for me to share with you um, just a couple, um, a couple um, areas of feedback from some of the students in our current program, because we're getting ready to market it for this year's um, students who will participate in the fall. And we asked some of them, hey, tell us, what is what does mentorship mean to you? What have you learned this year? And um, so I'm just going to read a couple of those statements. One student said the mentorship program is by far the most impactful aspect of my college education. 
The knowledge, connections, and relationships I gained through Bethel Biz were incomparable to anything I learned in a classroom. And I have heard that from other students in the past, but they always tell me, don't tell my professors that I said that though. <laughs> um, another student said, um, my two mentor placements have been excellent, helping me grow, not just in my business network and exposure, but also personally and spiritually. I highly recommend that driven students seeking personal or professional growth participate in mentorship. Um, another student said, um, Bethel Biz was one of my greatest blessings during my time at Bethel. Gave me the opportunity to build a professional and personal relationship with someone who has been in the same shoes as me before. God has a mission for each of us and my mentor was able to meet me where I was, where I was at while helping me become the person he has called me to be. Um, so those are all students. And then I had a couple um, of our mentors tell me that mentorship is an opportunity to encourage, empower and give hope to future leadership of our organizations and our country. And another mentor said, it's always uplifting to have a conversation with future leading leaders. It's truly inspirational. So you can tell there's, um, you know, the impact is broad, but there's a lot of um, inspiration and passion and just appreciation for the relationship that develops. Yeah. So why did you start looking into creating the mentorship program originally? What inspired you to get there? Yeah, you know, and I can't take credit. <laughs> uh, so I was about six months away from retiring and um, the, the chair of the business department at Bethel called me and said, hey, Linda, you know, there's a couple alumni who uh, are have created this vision um, where they want to do a better job with the uh, with our alumni. They want to connect alumni to alumni and have opportunities for them, let's say over breakfast, um, you know, reconnect and share and learn from each other. But they also wanted to connect alumni back to Bethel, back to the students through mentorship. And so he asked me if I would join the Bethel Biz board and then launch a mentorship program, basically create it, launch it, you know, and take it from there. And I honestly just felt like that was, um, that was totally God saying, hey, here's what you are doing next. And I had benefited from many mentors throughout my career. And I felt like this was such a great opportunity to, to give back because I knew it was something that would have long lasting impact on, on both mentors and mentees. So um, I didn't, like I said, I, I can't take credit for the idea to, to launch a mentorship program, but I was happy to step into that role. Okay, so how did you go about creating your mentorship program? Well, uh, the first thing I did is just uh, do lots of research. Um, it was amazing how much I could find. Um, and I specifically um, researched university mentorship programs, because once you start doing research on mentorship, I mean, there are all sorts of mentorship programs at all ages of life. Um, and so I focused pretty heavily on, you know, undergrad university programs. Um, I did look at some graduate programs. Um, and, you know, so I looked at St. Thomas and the U of M, but I looked at Harvard, I looked at Stanford. Um, and um, I was fortunate to have a connection with um, the director of Gustavus's program, and they had launched theirs a couple years before us. And she just um, 
was a wealth of information. I'm so, you know, so grateful to her because she completely opened up everything that they had done and what was working and, and some of the changes that they were making. And so for the first few years, as we continued to evolve our program, um, she was a great resource. Um, I also leveraged, you know, the, the mentorship programs that I was involved with at Wells Fargo. Um, I was also a part of a program called Mentium, um, where in my early part of my career, um, where I got matched with a with professionals. So, um, and then I basically used all of that research and then I just got to work and wrote a mentorship handbook, created the mentor and mentee applications. Um, and then we launched the program five months later. Yeah. And I, I'm going to be honest. I think I was probably one in one of the very first or second batch of people to go through the program. And I remember you interviewing me for it and thinking to myself, Oh snap, like this is serious <laughs> stuff. Like <laughs> because uh you asked some really hard questions for the interview process. Um, like what what do you think was key at the beginning of interviewing people and saying this is to match them yeah. together? How did you go about deciding? This, this is sure. going to work well. Yeah. You know, that match process, um, you know, and this actually was something that Gustavus had shared with me. So when they first rolled out their program, they just had the students and the mentors complete an application and they didn't do any interviewing, but they found out that 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 um, can result in some poor matches. And the example they shared with me is they had a student who on paper just looked outstanding. I mean, you know, top student, very articulate responses to the application. And they wanted to make sure that they had a really great student to match with this kind of high powered CEO. Well, the match was a disaster. <laughs> and she oh. said, yeah, and she said it was because this, this CEO was like, go, go, go. And he was, you know, very extroverted and pretty hard driving. And the student, though, you know, a really top student, she was very much an introvert and very timid and just got totally, you know, <laughs> overwhelmed. Um, and it, it just didn't work. And so, uh, so because of that, I said, yeah, we're, I am going to interview, you know, even though it is a lot, but I'm going to personally interview for 15 minutes, 10, 15 minutes, all of the students. Um, and, and part of it was just really to get a sense for the personality and to get to know and, and to make sure that they understood the commitment, um, you know, because you want both the mentor and the mentee have to be committed to it. Um, and then when I meet with mentors, um, I know the majority of all university programs do not meet in person with the mentors, but I like to get to know them as well. And I, you know, whenever I can, I'll meet them for coffee, really spend, you know, half hour, 45 minutes um, and get to know them and get to hear about what they're looking for in a student who would be a good match. So that's an important part of that. And, and I, I've, I've learned, I've had to learn that you know, though I have, an, unfortunately, this tendency for perfection, <laughs> I've had to learn that, no, I'm not going to be able to always have 100% perfect matches, because um, just, we're human. <laughs> but um, I just try and be really intentional and spend a lot of time on that match. Okay. So what do you think are some things that you've discovered, some insights you have about how to keep mentors and mentees engaged through the program? 
Yeah. So, you know, we, we emphasize um, that in order to have a really good mentorship, you get, you need to get to know each other personally. So try not to just keep it so focused on the professional side that, um, I mean, it, it just gets stiff, right? And then you just kind of run out of questions. But, you know, and actually one of the questions now we even ask the students during the interview process is, what do you do if you're not feeling a strong connection with your mentor? Because, And I ask that question because I don't want them to just give up if they don't feel like they've got something in common or if they're not in the career that they think they should be. And so, you know, we've learned that it's important to emphasize that point and to give them ideas about how to find some common connections um, and, you know, get to know them as, a, as an individual and about family and interests. Um, and then secondly, we, you know, it's, we um, really talk about the importance of being extremely intentional and take it seriously and, 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 and that the program is mentee driven, meaning the students need to own scheduling that monthly meeting, really thinking about what do I wanna learn in this discussion and what am I struggling with or, or you know, whatever it is, it can be so broad and every student needs to make it their own, but be intentional about preparing for that meeting, send the mentor, um, an, you know, an email, a text ahead of time saying, hey, here's what I want to, to talk about. And that gives the mentor an opportunity to prepare and be thoughtful. Um, and then finally, we just, uh, we added some core values to the program a couple years ago that, that are intentionality, transparency, and accountability. And those are the three values that we really emphasize that are so important to have you know, to be engaged and to have a really strong mentorship, um, being open and on honest, um, be intentional, and then hold each other accountable to the mentorship. Yeah. So how does a good mentee prepare for mentorship? I know you kind of touched on like those things of open and honest, um, mm -hmm. but are there like any administrative things that they can do to be more prepared or how do they maximize that time? Sure. Yeah. So we, um, you know, so we put together, this is another kind of insight we learned, we added training to the program. So before the mentees meet their mentor, we do some training and prepare a handbook for them and, and give them lots of topic ideas. And one of the things that we talk about is, you know, research your, your mentor, look on LinkedIn, look at their profile, look at the companies that they've worked at, look at some of the, you know, specifically research a little bit, of, you know, about the companies that they work with and the type of jobs that they've done and use that to kind of drive some of your questions to maybe understand why do they make some of these career changes. Um, but so do the homework using LinkedIn um, and then just, um, you know, again, the, the, the other part of that preparation and we ask the students before they meet with their mentor to think um, about all of the goals that, that they have for the year, you know, and, and it, it can start broad and then they can work through it. But, um, you know, based on kind of the year of the student, you know, a sophomore versus a junior versus a senior will have different goals. Um, but if they want, if they know they want to work on interviewing skills and how to stand out in an interview, you know, write that down. You know, if they want to work on their resume, if they want to learn how to 
once they start their job, how do they really differentiate themselves? Maybe they want to work on communication skills. Um, maybe they want to, you know, learn how to better network and how to um, grow their network. Um, but all those things, the preparation around just really making it yours and help, you know, thinking through what you want to learn, what are your goals and think forward to the end of the year, by the end of the year, what am, what am I going to feel good about if I, you know, learn this year? So really putting some thought and time into it. Okay. And how much experience do you think that someone should have to be well, like before they can really be a good mentor? You know, um, we typically require like four years experience post, um, you know, their undergrad degree. And for the most part, that works pretty well. But I have had a couple students, you know, who were only two years out and said, hey, I know I could be a good mentor and I'd love to do it and I want to give back. Um, and so um, in, a, in a couple instances, we've done that. But for the most part, you know, we like to see um, graduates have, you know, at least four years in the, the corporate world. And from there, it, it, you know, we've got a wide bandwidth um, of experience and expertise. And then how important is it to have someone that's pretty like similar in your character traced, traits and things that they're interested in and those people who you are seeking out as mentors? You know, I mean, it's, it's kind of interesting because from a student's perspective, a lot of times they think that that's the most important thing. Um, now, I'll tell you, when I'm doing the matches, I first start on gender, I, and all the research I did shows that in a university program, matching same gender works the best, um, just allows for more transparency and an openness. But secondly, then I do match on the career interest of the student and the career field or, or experience of the mentor. However, I don't always have a perfect match like that. And it's interesting, I've, I've asked um, several students like, you know, what do you think makes a good mentor? And all the responses that I get have nothing to do with the career field of the mentor. You know, they'll talk about it's someone who's willing to admit their own failures and shortcomings, you know, and that makes them more relatable. Or it's someone who values the relationship and realizes the gravity of what it means to be looked up to and, and giving advice. Um, or, you know, someone else told me, he said, you know, a good mentor is someone who listens first, thinks second, and speaks last, you know, always eager um, to help. Um, and, and then I love, um, I love what this one student told me. Um, he said, a good mentor is willing and open to share failures as readily as successes. They have candid honest, honesty, integrity, and respect. They are invested and interested in my story even when I think it's unremarkable. And I thought, oh, I love that. <laughs> but as you can, you know, as you hear in those responses, um, I mean, I tell the students, you know, you think you know what you, the field that you're going to go into, you know, when you're a junior or a senior. And so many times that, you know, your career ends up somewhere else. And so just keeping an open mind and curious mind and realize that you can learn from anybody. Now, I'm not gonna pair an accounting student 
with an HR professional typically, right? I, I really do try to make, make um, those matches make sense so that they can learn very specific things, um, especially when they're, they're very focused on certain careers. You kind of mentioned how you go through and, and pair people, but how many mentors do you think would be wise to have at a time? It maybe sounds like not a million because you're pairing one-on-one. <laughs> right. Yeah. 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 In this program, you know, it's, it's a one-on-one mentorship, but as you, you know, um, as you go through life, because what we really hope is that the students recognize the value of mentorship and will continue to seek out mentors um, throughout their life. Um, And I know lots of people, you know, they may have one that's more career focused um, and that helps them really make decisions uh, around kind of career changes and you know, what they're going through and, and also to help kind of balance the work-life side of that. Or maybe, you know, as you think about once you get into a career, gosh, how do you deal with conflict in the workplace? I mean, there's so many, so much value in having a mentor to be able to talk through that. But, you know, that you can also have a spiritual mentor or you could have one that's maybe more short-term if you're thinking specifically about you know, being an entrepreneur and starting your own business, you might want someone for a certain season in your life where you're just specifically reaching out, you know, to, to those. And they could be, again, maybe somebody for a year or two um, where you're interested in a very specific topic that you want to learn about. But, for, you know, for the most part, um, you know, maybe two or three mentors in your career, um, but not probably more than that. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for being here with us today. And we're going to put the links, the Bethel program and everything in in the blog. Um, Is there any other way you, if someone wanted to reach out to you, uh, any guidance you could give them? Is there a way they could do that? Yes, they um, definitely could do that. Um, You have my email and you can certainly um, use that. I'd be happy to just help anybody who's looking to either start a mentorship program or want to talk about resources. Uh, We... But you can also use the Bethel Biz um, site, the link that I sent you. Awesome. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, we're going to transition into the Sister Gawk portion. And I know that you had a short story to share with us. Um, so I'm excited to hear that with Ruthie. So could you uh, take it away? Sure. Yeah. So, um, yeah, this is kind of a fun story because we had this student who, she was one of those that, you know, really kind of high potential and um, she just wanted to, to really have make a good impression with her mentor. Her mentor, you know, worked at Target and she thought, wow, here's this really successful, successful individual. And she goes, I got to make sure that I have, you know, show, show him I've got it all put together. And after they had met a couple times, um, he was kind of like, okay, um, Hannah, uh, what do you want from me? Um, you know, because basically thinking, you know, what's he there for if she's kind of coming, coming prepared and making, you know, herself look like she's got it all together. And so that's when she realized, boy, I, uh, I guess I'm not managing this very well. And she kind of let all the, the barriers down and realized I am struggling with a lot of things and I do need your help. And so that kind of really opened up um, the conversation and the connection that made it much, much more rich and meaningful. And Becca kind of tied this into a story, not really a story, a season of my whole life (laughs) where where I just went through this phase of trying to be cool when I took pictures. And 
when she was telling Linda about this, I literally could feel myself blushing. So like, this is legitimately an embarrassing story <laughs> for me. So go ahead, Becca. Uh, well, okay. So Linda, I don't know if you know this, but we have, uh, there's seven kids in our family. Oh, I didn't know. Yeah. And Ruthie is right in the middle. She's also the only redhead and the rest of us are like, blonde or have dirty blonde hair (laughs) so whenever we would take like a family photo the photographer would always like stick her right in the middle (laughs) so she was always like the focal point of every family photo and she laughs about it now but every time it would happen she would be like why are you always in the middle (laughs) (laughs) yeah at the time I was like this doesn't make any sense now I get like oh yeah it's all about like thirds and splitting the picture up and whatever but so Ruthie used to like always pose for every photo because she thought that's what we were supposed to do like to make it more cool or authentic and sometimes her poses like were just hilarious. She looked really stiff like I would like lock my elbow or like like, the weird things I don't know. Yeah because she thought she was cool so. Well also our my I always had to be on my guard because every time we took any sort of family photo, my mom would impromptu decide that was the Christmas photo. So it's like, <laughs> you have to look good because it's possibly going to be sent out to like hundreds of people. Awesome. Well, th- those are, those are great uh, memories. Yeah. <laughs> well, thank you yeah. so much for being with us today, Linda. We've really enjoyed having you. My pleasure. I thank you so much for asking. It's been fun talking with you guys. Yeah. Well, and if you guys enjoyed this episode, you should check us out on Apple Podcasts and give us a review and we will see you next week.